Hey Steve, Mark Williams here. Not cycling, but skiing at three and a half thousand meters up a peak called a Weisshorn in Switzerland. It's minus 14. Beautiful sunshine. And I feel alive. And I guess that's why we do it, mate. I feel alive. Hope you're good. Enjoy your fat biking. Speak to you soon. Ciao. Hello again, friends. Welcome to My Back 40 and the My Back 40 podcast. I'm your host, Steve O'Shaughnessy. Mark Williams, thanks, buddy, for that voice intro. Love hearing from you guys out there in the world. And if you want to send me a voice intro like Mark did, uh, you can do that. You can whip out your device, record me something, and send it to myback40podcast at gmail.com. I love hearing from you, so don't be shy. Mark and I have been chatting back and forth for quite a while now. And um, yeah, I dig it. He's always out on an adventure and always getting after it. And I can super relate to what you're saying about feeling alive. Oftentimes when we're not feeling like ourselves, it's best to get out there and do something. And I think oftentimes that just makes us feel great, right? Sometimes the hardest part is just getting out the door to do something, you know? Um, Lately, I've been succumbing to lack of motivation i can certainly attest to that um but often just putting the shoes on or the boots on or whatever footwear you're going to do your flip-flops and <laughs> just get out the door sometimes that's the hardest part and as soon as you get outside and get in the fresh air you feel better all right so i just wanted to cover something quick um i'm not going to go on at length about my current situation actually one piece of good news i'd like to share is um, my house is sold, which is a fucking big deal because, um, the current financial situation going through a separation is pretty dire. (laughs) It's pretty dire. I must say, I feel like I'm just hanging on by my fingernails to be honest. But, um, so the great news is that house is sold and in, I guess in a month, maybe in six weeks that should close. And uh, what's super interesting about the process is, Anyone who's ever sold a house, it's really stressful, man. <laughs> it's really stressful. Even if you're in, a, even if you're in good shape, I find it's this is would be the the fourth house in my life that I've sold, and um, the process can be really uh, exciting, but it's also really nerve wracking. I guess what happened is um, we had an offer, and it came in. And then uh, part of the contracts, we have a a 72-hour clause on that. And uh, another offer came in. And then uh, that kind of started up the 72-hour clause, forcing the first offer to basically remove all their conditions. And then when the realtor reached out and said, oh, congrats, they they removed all their conditions. It was like, holy shit, it's done. Like, it's sold. But anyway, what I quick tangent there is um i was checking out my patreon and i know those of you who listen and support the podcast i've probably been a little bit 
lackadaisical about um, uh, the rewards I give out for that. So there, I've got a few a few patrons out there that I owe. I got to give you guys some stickers. Um, I think I have a couple hats to get out. Um, I just right now, honestly, I just I'm hanging on. I don't have the capital right now, but I want to tell you that it's going to happen. And the other thing I wanted to put out there too is I'm going to start putting um, early release podcasts on Patreon. Just figuring out how to do that. But for five bucks a month, if you subscribe and you become a patron, a patron, <laughs> or a Patreon, um, you're going to get early access to the episodes. So basically, what's going to happen is I'm going to um, have a conversation edit it, and I'm going to pop it on Patreon first so that people can get early access. I also have some really, really exciting projects happening in the future, and it's uh, they're just seedlings right now, but I'm going to have some awesome content, and um, I'm not going to get too much into it right now, but um, I've got some great stuff coming your way. So I'm really trying to bear down on my back 40 and really provide you listeners with some great value. So I want you to stay tuned. Um, if you find value in what I'm putting out there in the world, you can support me via, uh, Patreon, my back 40, I'm sorry, patreon.com slash my back 40. You can find the links on my webpage under the support, uh, section of my web website. And, uh, that's a really great way to support, um, this project. There's a lot of really exciting things happening. I'm really excited to bring this stuff to you. You know, ever since I've been doing the podcast, when I started it back in, oh man, when I was doing Bike Pack Canada, it's almost, is that like four years ago? I think, I think I've been, I think this is starting my third year of my back 40. Um, it's, it's been great. It's, it's been such an awesome adventure for me. Um, but ever since I started it, it seems to, the podcast seems to evolve. It's evolving. It's changing constantly. And I'm just kind of going with it. Following my curiosities is kind of was my MO the whole time. And I just wanted to take the podcast into a direction that I thought would that lit me up is what my coach says, you know, do things that light you up. So it is changing. It is evolving. And I'd love to hear your feedback. Um, please reach out myback 40 podcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you think, any suggestions, guest feedback. And, uh, you know, I do get a lot of guest feed, um, guest suggestions and I do try, I'm trying to, to catch up with those. Um, but I also like to follow my own curiosity. So don't, don't be afraid, reach out, let me know what you think of the podcast. Um, and also a great way to support it other than Patreon. You can send me PayPal donations. Um, you can check out my website in the next, just keep a, keep tabs on it because honestly, once I sell my house, I'm going to stock up my inventory. I'm going to get some shirts and hats going get the stickers going again. And, um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to start delivering on these promises. Um, I just wanted to bring that to light. I want you to know that I'm aware of, uh, how slack I've been, I guess. Um, but I do appreciate all your support and also, um, yeah, so keep, keep tabs on the website. Um, another great way to support the website and the podcast is to just subscribe, share, rate, and review the podcast. It's a great way for me to reach more people. You can share segments. You know, if you're listening on on Apple Podcasts, you can you can share bits and pieces of that with your friends. If you hear anything that inspires you or enlightens you, you can share that around. And uh, yeah, I just want to thank everyone for their patience during the last little while. I feel like things are starting to pick up for me. And, uh, yeah, I hope you're still digging it. So stay tuned.
As always, I want to thank just a couple supporters of the podcast quickly. Cycling 101, uh, they're offering a promo code right now, MB40. You're going to save 50% off your first, first month of coaching. I want to thank Dynamic Cyclist for being a longtime supporter of the podcast. And they also have, are running the same promo code, MB40, and that's going to save you 25% off their programming. Uh, love Dynamic Cyclists. I've been doing their hip re- rehab program right now, and it's working quite well for me. So if uh, your, your mobility is suffering, if you're feeling pain on the bike, Dynamic Cyclist MB40 is going to save you 25% off your subscription there. I want to thank Blavet Sports. Make awesome fat biking gear, pogies, uh, tire covers, uh, grips, um, uh, gloves, just great, great stuff. Uh, I've never been more comfortable on the fat bike. So check them out, BlavetteSports.com. I want to thank Redshift Sports, uh, suspension stems and seat posts. I'm really digging the suspension seat post, especially on the fat bike. You'd think you're running four pounds of pressure in the back. That would be enough to suck things up. But man, it just it, it's like riding a, a dually on my fat bike now. It's just, I love that stuff. As always, I want to thank Lakeside Bikes for supporting me, especially in the summer, getting my rig ready for the Tour Divide. And I want to thank Rolling Dale Cycles for just making awesome bikes. My custom titanium Rollingdale rig is just an amazing tool. Um, and I just, I can't say enough about them. And I want to thank Pedro L Coaching for helping me show up better every day. She's uh, been great for me and great for my mindset, um, turning my mind around and just trying to be a more positive individual, showing up every day with positivity, uh, changing those tapes that are running in my head and just making me just a mentally stronger person. So I want to thank all of those people for helping me out and thanks for listening. All right. Today on the podcast, I'm bringing you a conversation with Jonathan Hogue. Like I said at the beginning, he is going to be riding the tour divide in 2023 and he wants to raise a million dollars for Rocky mountain adaptive and his campaign is called dollar for a difference. And basically he wants a million people to donate a dollar. It's not a big ask, to be honest. And if you want to check out his GoFundMe, I'm going to give you the URL momentarily here as I bring it up on my computer. Where is it? And you can head over to GoFundMe.com slash F slash RMA Canmore. Uh, he's already he already has a, a few grand in there, so let's let's really help him out. Head on over to GoFundMe, GoFundMe search for RMA Canmore, donate a buck or more, and let's raise a bunch of money for Rocky Mountain Adaptive. Just so you know what they're all about, Rocky Mountain Adaptive is a charitable organization who creates and provides accessible adventures for individuals living with physical and or neurodivergent challenges. You'll see them. You'll see. Uh, uh, skiers on adaptive skiing rigs or adaptive bikes, or there's just so many great ways to get um, people with, with these disabilities out. And it's just a fantastic program. So please head on over to that GoFundMe, RMA Canmore and donate a dollar. One thing I really appreciated about this conversation is Jonathan's vulnerability. Uh, I'm not going to get too much into it now, but um, you know, I just, I love it when people share a little bit about themselves you know, and their why, why they're doing these things, why they want to raise a bunch of money for, for, for these organizations. And you know what, I think that the, the struggle's real, man, like we're, we're all dealing with something. And, um, I think 
I can't say enough about Jonathan's vulnerability. It was just such a great conversation. Like I said, I'm not going to get too much into it. And we also talk about just the benefits of doing hard things, you know, pushing outside the box, pushing yourself outside the box, doing hard things, facing adversity. I think it makes us stronger mentally. Uh, it makes us, when we come back to real life, it makes us realize that, you know, life's really not that bad and there are a lot harder things. And maybe it makes us reevaluate just how bad we think our lives are because it could always be worse. <laughs> it could always be worse. And I think the other thing too is that we realize that we're not alone in our struggles. Everyone's struggling with something and it's a, there's a spectrum out there. And I think um, with Jonathan being as vulnerable as he was, it kind of speaks to the importance of being vulnerable, communication, uh, talking with your friends and family and loved ones about the issues that you're facing and um, that we're all here to help each other. So anyway, I really dig this conversation and I hope you do too. So without further delay, I bring you Jonathan Hogue. Hi. I'm glad, we're <laughs> able, I'm glad we finally were able to connect. It's awesome. Like I said, yeah, my, I'm starting to bump into people that you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin Hedinger. That was funny. Um, that was that was an interesting race <laughs> that year. Sounded like it. Yeah. I think yeah. he was. And to lose your back break is never fun. Dude. Like it was probably 50K in. Like it was not far in and uh, it was so hot. And I remember, you know, it was getting like super tight. I was like, oh, that's yeah. so weird. And I was kind of, I was trying to adjust the, uh, the reach. I was trying to change the yeah. reach adjust. And, uh, and I can't remember what I was doing. I think I was pumping it. And then that reach adjust thing, it went, it went click and it flipped out. And then, and then I couldn't get it back. I couldn't get it. I couldn't get it to work and my brakes were stuck on. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll try to release a bit of pressure, right, from the... So I, 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 I cracked the caliper just a little bit. And, yeah. uh, and then it was just gone. Everything just... It was gone. Oh, no way. It's gone. So, yeah, and it's the lost elephant's fairly um, punchy. <laughs> so to do the whole thing with <laughs> just a front brake and, and then wondering if that brake was going to fail, like when's this one going to yep. fail, you know? Planning, yeah. planning my exits on every uh, descent kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. It was a great race though. It was fun. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So I, I bumped into him. Um, there's a guy in Calgary who reached out to everybody between Calgary and Banff to see who wanted to get together and um, talk about the tour divide that we're going to race in June. Yeah. And yeah, Justin happened to be one of the guys that was there. Um, but I also know Katrina, the Explorer. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's a good friend of mine bud. as well. Yeah. 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 I know her been through work. Yeah. She's pretty amazing. She had some health issues, but it seems like she's getting back at it again. I think so. I think they figured out what it is. And it's, yeah. uh, um, I think what happened is that she, she ended up consulting with the doctor that anyway reached out to, I think the doctor she was dealing with and she, and said, we can't treat Katrina like she's just not an ordinary person. Like, She's a an elite athlete, and she's having this problem. We have to treat her like as such. We have to treat her like a racehorse, right? Yes. So yeah. I, I don't know if they found some some constriction in her, some blood constriction in her legs. Um, that I think there was talk of of maybe st actually putting stents in to basically open up the flow so that she wouldn't get this problem. I, I mean, I'm I'm totally spec. That's what I seem to remember. But yeah, that's um, yeah, it's it's crazy how how something like that can happen, you know? And then, and she's such a, she's so full of joy 
right? That, um, it, it, you know, it, it, I think it knocked her down for, for a little while, not being able to do the stuff that she wanted to do. But now she's mm-hmm. just living the life, right? She's just doing everything she wants to do and traveling yeah. and, and learning more all the time. And where is she off to now? Um, she's, she's going to Egypt. Oh, no way. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, she's, she's living the life for sure. Yeah, she has an infectious smile. Totally. Like just so inviting and friendly. Yeah. Yeah. So glad we could connect. Tell me about you. Let's let's just let's just get right to the subject at hand and then we'll dive in into Jonathan a bit later because I like to do that. Um, sure, you bet. Yeah, so you are gonna ride the, the tour divide in twenty twenty three and you're riding for Rocky Mountain Adaptive, is that correct? That's correct. Cool. Yeah. So tell me about how that project came be came to be. Yeah, so it um, in February, just before COVID-19 became a thing, I was skiing at Sunshine and I broke my leg badly and had surgery, the whole works. During recovery, I learned, I watched a lot of YouTube and that's how I learned about the Tour Divide. And it just grabbed my brain and said, we got to do this. And so I thought, well, yeah, one year I'll get, I'll do this. It's really neat. And then I was thinking about um, an experience I had. As soon as my my doctor said I can put weight on my leg, I hobbled out to the garage with my air cast and my crutches in the snow, and I got the fat bike out, and I started riding. And I rode every single day. And the first ride, I just started laughing. It was so liberating. It was, it was just medicine for the brain. So then I got thinking about people who have permanent in, uh, disabilities of some kind. And I thought I need to, uh, to start uh, volunteering again, which I used to do a fair bit of in Edmonton, where I used to live. So I got a hold of Rocky Mountain Adaptive and um, hobbled over there with my crutches and got, had some orientation on the mountain biking and hiking. And, but then when with COVID just sinking in, I just never really did very much. So fast forward to September 2022, I was with my life partner in Vancouver at a conference and there was a motivational speaker who was talking and there's post-its on all of our tables and it was, the premise is, what do you want to do before you die? And so I, it just popped in my head, I want to race the Tour Divide. And I thought, I might not be in the same kind of condition that I'm in now, years from now when I thought I might do it. So I'm just going to do it now. So I wrote down Tour Divide 2023. And then like a flash of insight, uh, Rocky Mountain Adaptive popped in my head. And I thought, I need to bring them along for the ride and do this ride in support of them. So then I wrote down, raise money for Rocky Mountain Adaptive, $100,000. And then I remembered an audiobook I learned I listened to by Grant Cardone called the 10x rule. And so I scratched out that hundred dollars hundred thousand dollars and I wrote down a million dollars. And I took that post and I went and slapped up on this board in the conference room. And then I didn't tell anybody for a few weeks. And then I finally slipped it out. I think it was to my sister. Like, hey, I'm thinking of doing this race. And and I felt really nervous when I said that. But it was also very committing at the same time because now I've told someone other than my partner. 
So I told a couple of other people, hey, I'm going to do this race in 2023. And they're like, yeah, that's great. You can totally do it. And it just started to snowball from there. And I thought, well, I'm just going to tell everybody I can and make this happen. And it was literally a, a ready, fire, aim kind of scenario because I actually don't even own a bike that's suitable to ride the Tour de Race. So I just thought, oh, that'll work its way out somehow. I'll, I'll figure it out. But right now I need to commit and start this campaign to raise this money, start training, and just start sharing both uh, goals with everybody I can. And that's how it started to happen. And then uh, a friend of mine said, hey, I want to be on your poster. Can I be a, a sponsor of yours? And like, yeah, okay. So I started talking to, to a couple of other good friends of mine and the sponsorship sponsorship started to happen. And one of the neat things of it is um, my best friend who owns the Banff Airport and, and my life partner is a, a partner at Baker Tilly, an accounting firm. They're going to go 50-50 and buy the bike for me. Nice. So, and at the end of the race, I've got two options. The first option is to sell the bike and all the proceeds go to Rocky Mountain Adaptive. Or if I've fallen in love with the bike and I want to buy it, then I buy it and all the proceeds go to Rocky Mountain Adaptive. So the bike part of it sorted its way out. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I don't talk a lot about gear, but do you know what you're going to do you know what you're going to ride? Do you know what you want? Yeah. So one of my other sponsors is Outside Bikes. And um, and also the last new sponsor is actually Ryan Draper from Cycling 101. Oh, great. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I approached him about doing a bike fit and what I was doing. And he offered to be a, a sponsor as well. And I was talking with him about bike selection. And he suggested... I'm getting um, the Norco revolver through outside bikes. So that's on order and it should be here hopefully by the end of February so I can start riding it. Awesome. And then get that fit too, because that'll go a long way. Yeah, I really believe it will. Yeah. Very cool story. Um, so biking like that, are you a road cyclist or a, a mountain biker or? I do both. Yeah. yeah. My, my primary is mountain biking for fun. But I really enjoy road biking as well. For example, um, a few years in a row now, we've rode, ridden bikes from Jasper to Banff or Jasper to Lake Louise, depending on the year. Yeah. And, uh, but I mostly mountain bike. I did like the 24 hours of adrenaline camp more for seven years in a row on a four-man relay. Nice. Uh, we even won, won it one year. And when we got out of that, I, I moved into enduro racing. So I did that a little bit for a couple of years. Um, now I'm just kind of just riding for fitness and enjoyment and now I'm riding because I'm scared to death of this race. It scares the pants off. Me. Dude, don't, <laughs> don't be, don't be scared. Cause it, to, to me, like I, I wrote it off the couch. I wrote it pretty off the couch, you know, cause yeah. the year before I did something big and, and I'm still even like, I did my dynamic cyclist just before we got on here. Right. Just to, to loosen yeah. up. And, um, <clears throat> I went for a fat bike ride today. It's great. Just tangent. The snowpack is so bad in Invermere right now. Like I was riding dirt, mud, ice. Like there's no really? there's no snow. It's crazy. Um, yeah, it's crazy. But um, if I can do it like off the couch, and you sound like you're riding all the time, you know what it is? It's just it's the whole thing is just a mind fuck. It's just it's all mental. <laughs> I, I just find it's really mental. I mean, yeah, if you're if if you're gonna finish it in 14 days, 
obviously there's a huge physical component to that. But for, I think for most people, it's, it's just wrapping your head around it all. Right. Cause it's, cause it's just yeah. immense. Right. Um, mm-hmm. no, you're going to do great. You're, you, you already have the fitness really. It's just that, that mental capacity of going far, like every, as far as you can every day kind of thing. Yeah. No, you'll do great. Yeah. Lately I've been focusing a lot more on mindset and planning on how I'm going to react to the tough times and, and the good times and just trying to be really focused on um, dealing with the emotions. All the videos I've watched, every, everybody goes on an emotional roller coaster for this. Yeah. And I think anticipating that and having a couple of tools or uh, in the back pocket on how to deal with the tough times when they happen will be really useful. I think having Rocky Mountain Adaptive as a, a greater purpose will be really helpful when the brains and the emotions and the body are suffering at the same time or different times. I can think back to the, you know, why I'm doing this in addition to you know, personal goal. Yeah, for sure. It, and there's, I mean, there's, there's dark times. There's so many dark times out there, but it's, it always follows. There's always a, a, a huge high after it. It's, it's such, like you say, it's such a roller coaster and yeah. you know, you, you've done it. You've done 24 hour races, races, right. Where you've probably had the same thing. And it's, it, and especially it's always in the middle of the night. It's always when you're tired and hungry. And what's that, that, uh, food follows or mood follows food. So when you get down, yeah. just eat, <laughs> just keep eating because yeah. your body just needs so many calories. But, um, yeah, no, man, you're going to do great. I, I know you will. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that very much. Yeah. Uh, in preparation for this, I decided to accept another challenge. So I had an interview with, um, Peter Hockenhall yep. and Laval St. Germain. And there, that's how I learned about Everesting. So on uh, March 18th and 19th, regardless of the weather, I'm going to do an Everesting challenge. And um, I'm going to try and go for the, actually the 10,000 meter elevation gain challenge. And if I can do that, then I get some free jerseys or a free jersey that says Everesting on it. So nice. it's a, a nerdy target that's in my brain right now. No, and that's great. That's that is mental training right there, right? That's the epitome yeah. of mental training is yeah. just doing laps of that same thing over and over again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've I've given a little bit of thought to trying one of those. Actually, last year, well, I don't know why it didn't come to fruition, but I was thinking I was going to do like a twenty-four hour ride on Lake Windermere, just ride on mm-hmm. the ice for twenty-four hours. It's no Everesting. Oh, cool. Yeah, what the elevation would be, maybe you know what. <laughs> <laughs> you One know meter. however however the ice is cracked during the, <laughs> you know but um yeah. yeah it never came to fruition but yeah i like the idea of of pushing yourself in in these things especially if you're training up to that right um yeah yeah man that's great and then are you do you need any other sponsors are you getting um do you know what you're outfitting the bike with in terms of bags yet i have an idea for bags um but that even that's evolving a little bit mm-hmm um, I have a couple of bags already, but um, yeah, I, I need to see the bike first and get some measurements yep. and then see what what brand will will fit um, what I have for a bike. Ah, get custom. Reach out to some. There's some great makers out there that can make you a great bag, right? For for yeah, you know. One of my good friends, uh, Mikey, yeah, 
he does search and rescue in the, in the area. Uh, he has a, a, a contact in Calgary who has built custom bags for him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crossed my mind. We'll see. See how timing and everything goes. Yeah. Usually it doesn't, depending on the maker, it doesn't take that long, really. I mean, if, yeah. if they're really, um, you know, if they're super busy, it can take a long time. But, mm-hmm. you know, like I think Oveja Negra bags, if you reach out to them, it's a couple months, I think, to get a bag. But, you know, reach, oh, okay. reach out to Thief or um, Doug Dunlop or, um, God, there's tons of makers, man. Guy Stewart. Uh, bike packers foundry reach out to them maybe they'll make you a custom bag i don't know if they do a lot of custom stuff but i know they do some really wicked uh accessory bags like just really cool bags got guy is super nerdy when it comes to and i mean that with all respect to -hmm. make things that work and last and are practical and multi-use so yeah reach out to them Mm -hmm. maybe you know lots yeah thanks for the tips on that Uh, yeah for sure um so tell me a bit about you what's what's your deal where did you grow up where were you born and raised Okay. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I was actually born in Tonga. Uh, it's an, it's a kingdom island just northeast of New Zealand. And my parents had uh, my two older brothers, and just, my dad decided to be a teacher down in Tonga at the high school. So they were down there for a few years. And that's where I was born. And then he had this really awesome opportunity to uh, teach at the University of um, Hawaii or in Spruce Grove, Alberta. <laughs> we ended up in Spruce Grove. Oh, I was just going to say, what? <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's crazy. Yeah, so I was raised just outside of Edmonton uh, in Alberta. And um, yeah, got had married, had kids, been divorced, got married, another child, got divorced. Um, yeah, kind of been there, done that. And, but I just, when I'm, when I got married the second time, we moved to Banff, and then we moved away. And then after we uh, we parted ways, I eventually made my way back here. Uh, I think some people are wired to be in the mountains, mm. and I'm absolutely wired to be in the mountains for sure. Yeah. It's good for the six inches between my ears. <laughs> yeah. I've been spending um, quite a bit of time in Canmore, as you know, we've talked about. And um, I don't like leaving there. I don't like leaving there to come back here. I don't know if it's, I think maybe it's just a change, change of scenery for me. I mean, it's beautiful here too. Um, The vibe there is just different. It's just a different vibe to me. I don't know. Um, Yeah. But just, it doesn't matter where you look. It doesn't matter where you are in in the valley. It doesn't matter where you look. It's, I'm just filled with awe constantly. I mean, you live out there, so maybe you don't feel it as much as I do. But when I just look around, I'm just like, fuck, it's like, it's just crazy there in that, in that part of the Rockies. It really is. It's a dynamic postcard. Mm. And it's so when I first moved to Banff, I, I was really busy. And one day I was walking down the street and I looked up and the mountains weren't there. It was like they disappeared. I was so focused on what I was doing but that I got really mad at myself for that. So I promised every day to stop and, and look at the mountains because they're the same mountains every day, but the light's different, the snow's different, the clouds around them is different, everything's different. And so these days, years later, I think the people around me probably a little tired of me going, wow, look at that view. (laughs) And it's the same mountains, but every day I stop and I look and I soak it up. I never want them to disappear like that again in my life. 
And my partner's been out there a while too, and she'll she'll often like, hey, come to the window and look at the sky this morning. Well, and we'll sit on our window bench and just look at the sky, and it's just, just oh. it's the the pink and orange in that sky in the morning. It's just crazy. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a magical place, and it there is something about definitely about being in the mountains. I think. I mean, and that's that's why. I mean, you know, as active as you are, you can relate to that. But that's why we do these things, right? It's like to, to get out mm-hmm. in nature and to move through nature. And you said at the beginning of the podcast, it's like, you know, as soon as you started, as soon as you were able to ride a bike again, it just lights you up. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, yeah. it's funny. I mean, you've, you've been through a couple of, I'm going through that now and it's kind of my second, second marriage as well. And I'm just thinking about how, you know, the, the, the routine right now is really quite difficult. Because it's just I'm scattered. I'm in it. I'm in this place now. I'm not in my house. You know, I'm, the parenting schedule is weird, and I'm splitting my time between Canmore. I'm working remotely, and there's so much, so much of a weird schedule that that I'm I'm having a hard time getting the cycling in. You know, mm-hmm. um, but I went for a ride today, and yeah, sure enough, it's it's like it's it just you just come back in a different place, like you're just yeah. way more attenuated than than when you, when you, when you're not active. Yeah, that is so true. Yeah. I'm glad you got out on your bike. Yeah. It really is medicine for the brain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Through my experiences with divorce, especially the first one. Um, yeah. I went into a depression that really grabbed hold of my life for a couple of decades. I guess it wasn't probably until the last, somewhere in the last five years where I started to really feel like I've, I figured it out and the clouds don't come around as often or stick around as long, but I hadn't, but I did have a bit of an episode a month or two ago and I was really trying hard to keep my emotions at bay because my, my best friend came and took me out for lunch and I just lost it. I'm sitting in his truck and I just started crying and just feeling this incredible weight. And anyway, he left and I went for a bike ride and it was such an incredible view. I took a picture of my bike and sent it to him and I said, this is my brain medicine. Mm. And yeah, it's, it's just for um, maybe for people like you and I, it's, it's the best tool for dealing with emotions and, and keeping us even keeled. What, what sent you into that low? Can you even identify it? Or was it just like this unknown cyclone in your brain? Yeah, I don't, I don't talk about this much at all. And so doing this publicly with you, you're the first one to ever do that. But so I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and, you know, I've been into hospitals several times, um, you know, with suicide attempts and like really ruined my life a lot, uh, hurt my family, hurt, hurts everybody. But through it all and over the years, I, spent a lot of time on personal growth and, and trying to figure out tools to deal with it. I tried medication and I hate it and I'll never use it. Uh, instead, I, I really focused on psychotherapy classes where I can learn and um, how to deal with the emotions because the emotions and thoughts can be so powerful and debilitating, but there's gotta be a way to deal with it. And the, the last course I went through was psych, um, was cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. And that was the best one. The skills I learned from there, in addition to the other ones, but the ones there 
I utilize the most. So when, when I do have, and sometimes you ask the question, what was it? Sometimes it can be like a, a glancing thought that just comes and goes. And then the reaction comes with the emotions and it becomes overwhelming. And I'm like, what the heck even happened? I don't even know. But I start, I, I, when I realize that I'm moving in a certain direction, then I engage the steps of cognitive behavioral therapy and, and really getting into the moment. Okay, what's going on right now? What am I feeling? And a third person sort of way so I can try and stay neutral with it all because the emotions are still intense and raw. And I'm able to utilize those skills and calm down control my thinking and just see things the way they are. Um, quite often it's like having a pebble right at your eye. It looks like a boulder, but if it can go back on the ground where it belongs, it's just a pebble. And so being able to control my thoughts and be aware of my thoughts and what I'm thinking and feeling and really just embrace what it is and recognize it, it helps me put the pebble back on the ground where it belongs and it's surmountable. That's a really interesting analogy, actually, because um, a listener, um, my buddy Michael Lowry, sent me um, uh, uh, the Calm app. He had some some free giveaways for for the Calm app, and I, I had Sam Harris's app for a while. Um, um, what's it called? <clears throat> I gapped it. It'll come to me. But um, so even just before now, at, at the end of the day, I got an email that triggered me, and. Um, I said, oh, I've got the Calm app. I'm actually going to fire that that thing up. And I, okay. went, I went through some two or three minute, um, really super basic meditations. And one of them used the analogy of um, looking at your thoughts from a distance, which is similar to what you're talking about the pebble, right? Is, is you know, up close, it's like it's so in your face, Massive. right? And it seems so big. But when you, if you can look at it from a 60,000 foot view, just kind of look. And so the analogy they used is that you're sitting on the pier and your mind is the ocean and the boats that are just kind of going by, those are the thoughts kind of going by. Mm -hmm. And you can sit back on the pier and say, oh yeah, there's uh, anger over there. And then, oh, there's resentment over there. Or there's sadness going over there. And you can kind of, yeah, just put more perspective on the thoughts um, and I think what, what you're saying too, is it's how important it is to pay attention to the thought, like, cause I spiral all the time, man. Like I get into these spirals that, I mean, I don't, I, I wouldn't say I'm bipolar, but I'm, I'm a ruminator. I've got that monkey mind. Like I, lately I've been getting up at two in the morning, three or waking up at three in the morning and it just, just starts, yes. right? The, yeah, man, yeah. it just spins and, and. Sometimes I just put a podcast on, but lately since working with a coach and we did some, uh, my coach Paige Royal, I did a podcast mm -hmm. with her a, a couple back, but, um, she's really taught me to, to, um, look at the emotion from a distance and just kind of like, you know, I, I don't, you don't have to let the emotions overpower you. They, they don't let them give you, don't let the, don't give the emotion the power over you. Right. Yeah, I um, agree. Yeah, so I was gonna. I, I I know a person actually who who suffered from who still well suffers from bipolar as well. They said the medicine, uh, the medication is it. Does it just flatten you out? Does it just make you kind of? Does it just hold you in this 
envelope of of you know not happy not sad but just kind of like in this level plane of emotion yeah really good question and i'm going to preface that by saying for some people they really need the medication uh, in the hospital i saw people that if they weren't on it they were someone there was something else <laughs> so i'll put it that way um and so with that in mind the medication's a crapshoot and our brains are a giant pharmacy and there's medications that doctors have recognized all have some positive mental um, abilities and so that's how it, it ends up being used in mental health but it's a crapshoot like oh we'll start you with this and see how you like it you got to go up and up and down with that to get out of it and then oh well that didn't work we'll try this one here and I remember one time I was sitting waiting for my dad to show up and he he stood in front of me for a few minutes waving his hand he's like what are you on you're a zombie so we got off of that medicine real fast and yeah so for me I didn't I didn't like the side effects of it I didn't I I could sense how some medications would suppress um height the height and the ability for emotions to rise but the problem with that is it suppresses all emotions right so you can't control just anger you can it controls all emotions so was i happier no that was suppressed as well Mm. Um, sexual appetite gets suppressed happiness joy suppressed anger frustration suppressed everything suppressed in, in my experience and I didn't like it. So I wanted to find other ways to make it happen. And I really believe there are some people that think people don't change, but I didn't start out this way. I changed into this from a traumatic experience. And I also believe I can change out of it through um, healthy experiences and having the right tools to engage when the moment happens. And like I said, it can be a glancing thought that's I don't even recognize that I have to try and find what was it. Oh, and then then when I do find it, I'm like, oh, okay, that's why these feelings are familiar. The rabbit hole feelings. Mm. Just, when I start to have those feelings, like, well, what was I thinking about? Oh, uh, yeah, that's what it was. And then it gives me a chance to analyze it. Well, is that true or not? Is that is that really what someone meant? Or is that really what I think about that? And I just analyze the heck out of it in a way that's favorable for me so that I can put it back on the on the ground where it belongs. Yeah, and it's interesting too because that um, from working with Paige, we talked a lot about trauma. And, and when, I, when I look at my, my past, I don't really think that I've, I've had, experienced a lot of trauma in my life. Like, and, and you, you can't compare it, right? You, you can't compare it. Well, you, you can, because I've, I've spoken to people that tell me traumatic stories. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, wow. Like high levels of trauma in their life. But I think everyone experiences trauma. You know, everybody is carrying something. And Absolutely. It, it's, I guess it's that fleeting thought that you're talking about that comes through. And that's, that's just the, you know, it's, it's, it's just like the, the balloon floating by you. And it's, it's just like, it triggers something. It triggers this, this deep seated, um, uh, feeling Belief. emotion or just something from your past. And it just triggers it. Right. And, and then, 
because um, when I was doing my breakthrough with Paige, we, we were just talking about stuff and she would ask me, so this, this emotion, when did you start feeling it? Did you, did you feel it in the womb? Did you feel it after birth or did you feel it in like to, for her to ask, do you feel it in the womb? And it's, I had to like, and you're trying to use your subconscious, right? And you're like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? And actually, I actually came up with one. Like it just really? out of my subconscious, it just came up and, uh, and it's, I hold no resentment about it at all. It like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's not a biggie. We don't even have to talk about it. Um, but, but, but I, yeah, it's just something that I knew happened when I was in the womb. And if I, if I stopped thinking about it, it, it would come up. That's the, the thing that just come, it just came up. And I'm, and I'm like, I was like, Paige, why? That's so weird. Like, I haven't thought about that. Or I don't care about that. I don't hold resentment about that. She goes, no, but, you know, it came up, right? Yeah. So it, it so it's, you can't ignore it, right? It's true. You know, my brother used to tell me we're the sum total of all of our experiences. Yeah. And our experiences started in the womb. So I, I think that's very conceivable. Uh, but the one thing that really helps me to know that I can improve is that people can change and do change sometimes for the worse sometimes for the better and regardless regardless of any traumatic experience i have had or terrible just decisions that i've made in the past i i won't let that define what i do in the future and we talk about being feeling liberated that's a very liberating way of approaching life is that we can change the definition of who we are and change our our future as best we can and yeah things happen in the past there's lots of things that's happened in the past decisions i've made that are um yeah resentment would be really powerful if i gave it that power like i used to mm-hmm. when i gave it power i had no power mm-hmm. it was a mess but my perspective on it is so different so that i it is what it is it happened for sure every one of them all the good decisions all the bad decisions but the reality is it, I don't have to let that choose or affect what my next decision is going to be in life. And that's how I'm approaching things. It's how I'm, it's actually one of the big things I'm, I, I use even when I'm cycling and training and it's a long day, tough hill or whatever. I try and have the same kind of perspective. I, I'm going to make a choice to enjoy this and try and think positively about it because I'll do a lot better thinking positively about it than letting the, a negative thought creep in. And so my perspective is that I'm enjoying this, the suffering and just embrace it. Embrace the suck. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I remember a couple of times on, on well, in, in various events, like, the, like well, the lost elephant, the, uh, the AR, the, the divide, they have these, these, these sections that are just like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, what are we doing? And all you can do is laugh. You know, all you can really do is like pushing up over middle Kootenai pass. And so many people complained about that, but it's like, we're just going for a four hour walk with all your shit, with your wheelbarrow, (laughs) pushing uphill with all your stuff. (laughs) Right. And And bike push ups. -ups. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's, it's like you can, you can let it overwhelm you. Um, but if you have that, if you have that, you know, I remember Leonard, Leonard Pretorius telling me that the BC Epic organizer, uh, it echoes in my mind all the time, even, even in life, I should, 
I should apply it more in life, but for every low, there's always a high. Like I said earlier, right? It's like there's a gas station at the, at, you know, over that next pass, or you know, there's a there's a creek where you're going to be able to soak your your butt. There's there's something coming up that's going to be way better than what it is right now. So if you just keep moving forward, yeah, you'll reach that point and you'll be fine. And then you'll forget. And that's the other thing too. That's like it's almost like PTSD on the fly, not PTSD. That's the wrong thing I'm thinking of. But it's just like you just forget, right? You you just you forget what you just did. And then now you're sitting by this Russian Creek, like drinking ice cold water out of your water filter. Right. And then it all goes away. It's like, okay, well what's next? Where are we going now? And you look at your GPS and you just get on your bike and you take off. Right. And then it's yeah. the next shitty thing that happens. And, it's the next and, then, <laughs> and then something else really awesome <laughs> happens. And yeah, it's just this yeah. constant. And that's the same with life. Uh, what did Ryan say in our last conversation? Um, he was watching that movie and he, he, and he said, he heard this quote, joy is not a steady state. You can't be happy all the time. No one's happy all the time. Yeah. You know, that's true. Um, there's another quote, um, comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. Where did I just read that recently or heard that recently? Where yeah. was that? Huh? Maybe it, maybe Ryan said that as well. I can't remember. I heard it, but it's so true. And that's that whole idea of, of, um, social networking, right? Yeah. It fuels, it <laughs> yeah. fuels that. And especially when you're in a vulnerable state and you're not happy with what's going on in your life and you, you're scrolling mm-hmm. through social and then you see all these people putting their best foot's feet forward and, and, and you're just like, man, my life fucking sucks. Like, yeah, how the come- happiness was odd. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then you compare yourself and you can't. You can't compare yourself yeah. to anybody. You just have to do your own thing, right? Yeah. Um, well, it sounds like you're even mentally very, very well mentally prepared for this as well, I would have to say. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm really putting a lot of effort into it. And I've I've put in a lot of work for personal growth over the, the last bunch of years because it's no fun the other way at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, it's really good. I'll, I'll tell you one thing that I've really enjoyed about your podcast that um, – is a really good example to me is your vulnerability. Mm. You're, you're like my best friend, Meryl, who just wears everything on the sleeve. <laughs> Everyone's going to know about it in a good way. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's awesome. He's, he's an incredible man. Um, the last time I was in a hospital, I listened to a Ted talk by Brene Brown yeah. about vulnerability. I was just thinking about her. Yeah. And that's what clicked for me. Like, Oh my gosh. I don't let anybody in at all. I'm so protective of everything, my thoughts, my feelings, that is ruining me. And so I've really practiced, um, you know, being vulnerable. And I've been really fortunate in my life to be able to surround myself with people that I absolutely trust and I trust myself with to share and and the little times to reach out. Because for decades, I never really reached out at all. And yeah, it's really made a big difference. Um, so yeah, and I, I recognize that with you that you really value vulnerability mm-hmm. as a strength, which it is, in order to have a pure connection with others. And yeah, it's really admirable. And, and I'll tell you, that's the reason why in, in thinking about our visit that I wanted to share the, more about my background with um, with mental disability that I've had, um, that. I don't ever share with anybody 
Um, so I appreciate feeling comfortable doing that with you. That means a lot, Jonathan. Yeah. Maybe it's a lot. <laughs> it's so funny. I, I met a couple fat biking today. It's, it's, I, I feel like, anyway, I want to thank you first. I want to thank you for the words of kind words. I want to thank you for being vulnerable with me. And it means You're a lot. It's, it really means a lot for you to feel comfortable to share things with me. And I found nothing but benefit to being um, a vulnerable person. I just am. So I, I was out fat biking today on that ride and I met a couple from Cranbrook. And we got to talking, um, you know, a bike, beautiful day, blah, blah, blah. And um, the, the, the woman asks, oh, that sticker on your fork, my back 40, what's that? So well, that's my podcast. She goes, oh, you have a podcast. It's like, well, what's that about? And I said, well, I gave him a bit of the history, the Bike Pack Canada history. And then, um, um, and I said, you know, it's, you know, endurance training and cycling and bike packing. And, but I'm really starting to, I feel like it's starting to emerge into, um, men's mental health. Like I, I'm leaning, I lean hard into it, especially lately. Cause it helps me. This conversation helps me, you know, the conversation I had with those people on the trail, I, I actually had a little bit of a weep in front of them. Cause, cause they said, um, they told me about their lives. They told me that they have like six kids. They told me that today was their 22nd wedding anniversary. Wow. Yeah. And I, awesome. I cried because I was like, Fuck, I want to have a 20 second winner. <laughs> you know, I did too. you know what I mean? Like I really wanted oh, that. Yeah. I really, really wanted that. And, and I'm, I'm like, um, like when, when I'm in a relationship with someone, I'm all in, man, I'm totally all in. And, and I think that for some women, maybe I'm not speaking for my, my partners per se, but, um, especially my current partner is very comfortable with my vulnerability. It's actually a point of, it's almost a joke. It's like, Oh, did you cry at that commercial, Steve? Are, are you crying again? <laughs> like I just, I'm a weepy guy and, and it's, I think it's getting better. But I think when you're in the, when you're in a state of, of, uh, depression or, um, in a relationship, that's not the, what you expected, or you can see the darkness in that relationship and you see it ending. And there's so much weight of that. It just, uh, it's just there's, there's there's this cloud of of sadness around you all the time, mm -hmm. and uh, I feel like I'm coming out the other side of that. But man, I wanna yeah, I wanna thank you again for sharing and and just I can't stress it enough. I know it's hard and it's not expected for guys to be to be vulnerable, not expected or maybe it's a surprise. But I've I've had I've built nothing but. I've forged nothing but great relationships with, with other men on the divide uh, during races on the, on this podcast from, from opening up. And I find if, if, if I open up a crack, if I crack the door a little bit, you know, before we know it, the doors are wide open and, and we're sharing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I, really, I appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks man. Yeah, thank you. And I wanted to, I mean, we don't, I can also edit out. Is Did you want to talk about your trauma, the trauma you experienced, or is it just too, um, yeah, you, too dark? Um, honestly. And I don't want to pry. If you're not into it, it's no, fine. Um, I, I, I don't need to talk about it because I found with, um, going to try and different therapists because mm. I have to start from scratch. And every time I talk about it, it's like reliving it. Yeah. And 
I realized that there's really no point in, in addressing it. It all happened, and I remember all of it. Uh, and I've talked about it with the people that I need to talk about it with. And it's done. Okay. I, if I really can move forward, it's because I don't have to look back anymore. And when I, but at the same time, one of the neat things is that I have had occasion to use my experiences and share some of it with people who are on the bridge, so to speak, and have an empathy for them that people who haven't been there mm -hmm. can't have. Mm -hmm. So that's also become a tool um, on occasion where I've been able to help friends out who are really struggling and don't understand what they're experiencing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a therapist by any means, but I've been through the school of hard knocks and I've, I've put the time in to learn the education as much as I can on it to be helpful. And um, so I wouldn't even know where to start. I mean, it's, you've said enough. I, I feel like I've pried and I don't want to, we don't have to go into it. I, I feel like what I, yeah, I do. I feel like we don't have to, we don't have to go there. And I, cause I don't want to force you to relive anything that that's good. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what though. Um, I, I usually say this to people, they can ask anything, um, but I'll choose what I answer. Um, but when we meet in person one day and we're out for a ride or something, you can ask me anything you want and I'll be <laughs> less public. No, I, I totally, I totally respect that. I'm sorry if I pride. Um, Not at all. But I, I, I know what you mean about the, about the, um, it's, it's like having a tool. It's like having a, 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 a little piece of you that you can use uh, to relate to other people who are really having a hard time. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I've, you know, a, a lot of a few of the men that have reached out to me who've been through kind of what I'm going through now, which, which seems really traumatic, even though it's, you know, it sucks, but it's not super traumatic. But, but when you share a piece of yourself like that, those people know that they're not alone and they're like, Oh, I'm not the only one that feels this way. It's like, no man. <laughs> no, like in 99% of the men out there are probably feeling the yeah. same thing you are or women, of course, you know, everyone you just joined popular club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that's what, that's what I've learned about being vulnerable and what other, other people who, who have high walls. Sometimes I worry that my boundaries are a little too non-existent, you know? Um, but I can't, I don't know, man. Um, I, I just think that that's what I've gained by being vulnerable. It seems like you're putting yourself out there, but what you're doing is you're putting yourself out there to receive so much wisdom from people and so much more love, you know, and empathy from people who can say, Oh no, I know what you're feeling. This is what happened to me. And now I'm here and I'm, if it's a relationship, I'm with this awesome person or you know, I've, I've, mm -hmm. you know, reconnected with my estranged son or I've whatever it may be. Um, there's the, when people share their stories and share themselves, it, it's, it just, it just, that's what, the, that's what the human condition is, right? Is I think that tribe of people, we have to act as a tribe and lean on each other when we, we need to, and having people around you, especially after the last couple of years of COVID and so much isolation and, you know, the, you know, it really sucks that we have to do this digitally like this, right? Because. You know, having a conversation face to face, even though this is quote face to face, is so much yeah. different, right? Yeah, well, I've had Absolutely. I've had podcasts where there's been no video, and it's just so difficult. 
to, yeah. there's no intonation. Like you can't, the micro expressions, you can't, you can't have a really good conversation, you know? Metaverbal is so, way too. What's that? The metaverbal is way too important. Yeah. Two people. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're set up really well. I think you're going to be a superhero out there, a mental superhero. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll need it <laughs> for Man, sure. You're gonna have such a good time. What What are some of the things that that you think about? I, like, are, are there things that are keeping you up at night that you think about with this adventure? Um. Yeah. You know what? I'm I'm a junkie for sunsets and sunrises, uh, and and beautiful views and vistas and so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I have, I'm not addicted by any means, but I really enjoy embracing doing hard things. And you know, when I said earlier, it scares the pants off me, this, this tour divide thing. Uh, I mean that in a very positive way. I talked to my, my best friend about it, like, hey, we need to do something that scares us. So before my first enduro mountain bike race, that scared me. So I I trained and trained and trained and got in really good condition and shape, not just biking, but, you know, push-ups and pull-ups and all the, you know, good physical activities to be ready for that. And I was really ready for that. I was, that didn't mean by any means I was the fastest, no. definitely one. But when we were climbing up the hill, I was comfortable the entire time and other people were sucking wind or pushing bikes. And so I enjoy looking forward to something that scares me. So this year I'd actually talked about, uh, with a friend of mine and with my partner about doing the trifecta Spartan race because that scares me because it's new. And but then I got onto the tour divide. But uh, yeah, so what keeps me up at night is just wanting to be prepared as prepared as possible and ready to problem solve and ready to enjoy and embrace and just really absorb everything I get to see and the people I get to experience. Yeah, I think yeah. that's that's the thing. It's it's like it's it's almost less about the ride and and just about the like not even the other riders that you ride with and hang out with but just the people you meet the di the, the diversity of of people like every state i felt has had a different vibe every section of a state would have a different vibe and mm -hmm. and and i i never met any um well that's not true there are a couple moments that were just like oh asshole but I mean, for the most part, um, everyone, everyone just wants, every human being just wants the same thing, <laughs> you know, yeah. they all want the same thing. Um, and it doesn't matter where they live, you know, they could live in the middle of nowhere in some city. Everyone wants, everyone just wants to be loved and have community and be happy and like their job. And everyone wants mm -hmm. the same thing. And if you treat yeah. everyone you encounter with just kindness, it's, you get it back. And, and the other thing, the other side of it that's really fun is people are so interested in what you're doing, right? Despite them yeah. seeing hundreds of people who have done it over the years, you know, they want to talk mm -hmm. to you about why, why you're doing it and, and how it's going for you. And yeah, there's just so much interest around it, which is, which is really fun. Maybe that's vain to say because it's like, you know, they want to ask you all these questions about, how wow it's so amazing and it's it's like it is amazing it's an amazing journey but i also think that every, like so anyone could do it right i really think anyone mm -hmm. can do it if they put their mind to it they're not going to necessarily yeah. do it in a week or, or two weeks they might do it in 60 yeah. days but you can do it right 
that, that lady who's blind oh, Sean. With, with a couple of guides. Yeah, yeah. Sean. Sean right. Cheshire. Yeah. 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 When Incredible I talked, when I talked to her, uh, she was an amazing lady to talk to and, and it, she's so, uh, um, her confidence and her, her, she's just so capable, you know, like in, in, in talking to her on, on video like this, you wouldn't know she's blind. She's looking at you. Yeah. Right. And I, and I, and, and so we had a really interesting conversation about all that because, um, and, but to, just to think like if it, I wouldn't advise it, but when you're out there riding some chunder, some washboard shitty road, try to close your eyes for 30 seconds. Yeah. Like just try that. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's, it seems like an impossible task and then you'll open your eyes and you'll be on the other side of the road. Right. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. And, and I think, um, um, you know, Sean's an amazing woman and she, she gave a lot of kudos to her guides, right? Mm -hmm. Just like the amount of mental bandwidth they were consuming, you know, keeping her safe was, was huge, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, it's lot. one thing to do that race looking after oneself, yeah. let alone doing that and looking after someone else. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I, yeah, doing doing something that the disabled are doing is, is pretty amazing. Um, when I, years ago, I was um, getting started to volunteer with um, um, down in the Crows, oh shoot, Castle Mountain, uh, down by Waterton. And we we're, uh, there's a, there's blind people that ski the mountain. And so we had to learn how to ski blind. So during our orientation, we put paper towel in our goggles and we had to take turns giving instructions down the mountain. And boy, that was such a neat experience. Scary, but just having to have that trust and and believe that what the person is telling me is is accurate and I just I just have to follow it and I can I can get down the mountain safely. Have you have you ridden one of those uh like what do they call them? The rigs? The the, the accessible mountain bikes, like the four wheelers or three wheelers or whatever you have you ridden one I have. yeah yeah i've ridden the bowhead so it's the electric one yeah and boy is that ever a riot i just rode it in a parking lot um i'd love to take it out on a trail um but yeah it's it's pretty amazing like it's a full off-road rig right like super oh, yeah. suspended and it must be a blast to ride yeah yeah it, um yeah there's uh, a little pin that gets pulled and then the whole thing tilts so you can lean corners oh, and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, are you familiar with Razor's Edge Trail? Uh, it's a double black diamond here in the valley uh, just by um, Black Desert. No, I haven't. I don't think I've ridden it. It's a rock slab, right? Is it like a, like a, is it a rock slab? Well, there's rock slab. It's jagged. There's dirt. It's a single track. Anyway, it's a double black diamond. And I remember I was going down the final descent and I, I thought, what the heck? And I caught up to this group. And so there was a bunch of um, guides, if you will, or volunteers. And there was a, a young lady on an adaptive mountain bike and she was going down this thing. There's people that don't even want to ride that trail because it's so tough. And it's called Razor's Edge for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> and she was going, she went down the whole thing up and down like it's really amazing what um, what people are able to do with their interest in outdoor activities and here's just rocky mountain adaptive is an awesome organization that facilitates that for people they uh, 
they provide over 20 activities, outdoor activities that people can participate in. And they have volunteers that help, they have corporate sponsors, and it's an absolutely phenomenal organization. And I'm really happy to have them as um, uh, supporting me with the ride uh, and supporting me with my, my campaign. That's a my campaign's called Dollar for a Difference. So going back to my goal of a million dollars, it's a pretty hefty goal. It's also a pretty hefty bike ride. And my, uh, my partner Chris said, well, you don't need big donations. You just need a dollar from a million people. So just, you know, try and get people to donate a little bit. So it's not a big impact on anyone's life. But the impact comes when they share it through their social media and, and mm -hmm. try and help others to donate a little bit and share it as well. So um, that's my campaign dollar for a difference. And it's definitely going to a really, really good cause with Rocky Mountain Adaptive. How can people find out? Can they go to Rocky Mountain Rocky Mountain Adaptive website to donate or can they, do they donate directly to you? How do they go about giving you a buck? Yeah, so they can donate through Rocky Mountain Adaptive. They set up a separate account as long as they make reference to the Dollar for a Difference campaign. Um, but I'll send you an email with uh, the link to the GoFundMe page that I set up. 100% of the proceeds or the donations go directly to Rocky Mountain Adaptive. So I don't even have to handle the money at all. That's the beauty of GoFundMe. And so they, yeah, they can just make a donation there. And on that website, after they make a donation, there's um, options on how to share it through their social media so they can share it forward. And together with a little bit of input, we could all make a big difference if we just donate a little bit and share. Well, I have millions of listeners, so it should be, it should happen really quick. I'm kidding. That's fantastic. I'm kidding. <laughs> I have dozens, dozens of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, the multiplier. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know what? I, I noticed you were, yeah, you were on an adventure audio podcast. That's the way to do it is just get out there, right? And and spread yeah. the word and keep posting on your Facebook, you know. And so people should follow. Uh, it's uh, Jonathan Hogue one two seven. Jonathan dot Hogue dot one two seven. That's my Instagram. Yeah. On Instagram, yeah. So give them a follow, and there's lots of stuff going on there. And yeah, it's just a buck. Yeah. Yeah, I'll put I'll put in a few bucks. I think I have a yeah, few bucks. Yeah, I will for sure. Yeah, or at least one. <laughs> yeah, no, I got to do more than one. <laughs> um, what else do you want to talk about? What else is going on in your life? What do you do for a living? What's your day job? Did we talk about that yet? Uh, we haven't. No. Um, so right now, I I I help manage uh, Bill's Plumbing in Banff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I've been doing that for almost five years. I did have a corporate job before I sold commercial real estate ah, yeah. for almost 10 years and I sold real estate in Banff and I decided that um, there's a lot of ego in a job like that mm. Yeah, <laughs> and, and stress. And I just, for me, I, I didn't care what I would do. I just wanted to get back to the Valley and, mm. and have a stress-free job. And luckily, I work with a company where I really like everybody and everyone gets along so well. Um, that's bizarre, actually, how, how good it is with the people I work with. Um, and then I have a part-time job. So my best friend owns the Banff Airporter. It's a shuttle service between Banff and Cam or Banff and the Calgary Airport. And it turns out they're the official transportation company for the Tour Divide. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice little plug there. Um, 
So I, I drive part-time for the airporter because cool. um, I have three kids I'm, and this race is self-supported. Uh, I get, I'm getting some help with the bike and everything, but um, yeah, I, I need two jobs to, to live in the valley and, and be in a place that's healthy for me. And so I just do whatever I can to, to be where I want to be. And luckily I'm surrounded with beautiful, by beautiful people, not just the beautiful mountains. And it's really been really healthy for me. But, and I love, I actually love uh, driving people back and forth to Calgary because they're really happy to come out here and they have good stories when they're on their way home. And I've met some absolutely fascinating people. That'd be a fun job, actually. I would dig that job, driving people. Yeah. For sure. It's not work. Don't tell my boss that. Don't tell my <laughs> it's not work. Uh, I, I like the crazy hour shifts. Like this morning, I was up at three o'clock so I could get to work and drive someone to the airport. So I drove them to the airport, had a wonderful conversation, and then went to my day job. <laughs> Man, okay. you got, you have to get a, a, an audio recorder and you could do like a podcast from the, you could record the conversations you have. Because they're probably great, oh, that, especially if it's just like one or two people on the airport and everyone's, everyone's just talking, right, for, for an hour and a half. Yeah. Like the stories that people must share. And yeah, it must be really cool. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, so they have bus or they have um, like 24 and 10 passenger buses, but they also have sedans and, S and the Cadillac SUVs. And so those are very intimate. Like I might just have one or two, one or two people with me for an, you know, an hour and 45 minutes. And we just have the chance to have connection and then they move on with their life and, and me too. And they might never think or remember me, but I quite often remember a lot of the people I've interacted with. There's gotta be, you gotta tell me a crazy story. There has to be a really weird story. Yeah. Tell me one. Okay. I can't use any names. <laughs> no but, names. Anonymous. Yeah. Uh, I, I picked this guy up and I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, did you have a good time in Banff? It's your first time. Kind of usual questions. Oh yeah. What line of work are you? And, and he didn't really know how to answer that question. I said, well, well, what do you do? And he goes, well, I am, I'm involved in the, with the internet. And okay. And the internet control. So sometimes there's corporations or countries that want to kill the internet for other countries or corporations. And I have the ability to do that. And I've done that. He's a spy. Like, so this guy with, with a court order can literally kill internet service to an entire country, to a specific company or organization. He has, that's what he does. Like, unbelievable. He's like uh, Edward Snowden. He's like a, you know that <laughs> yeah, dude, he, the hacker guy who's hiding out in Russia somewhere? Yeah. Oh, man, that's funny. Yeah. So anyway, that was pretty fascinating to meet a guy who has that job unless he's just fucking with you and he just no he just travels all around the world and meets with big with all the big wigs and goes to court a lot because wow, interesting yeah because these you know country countries or, or organizations are all they're going to court trying to you know sometimes it's, he said sometimes it's a petty reason and other other times it's more serious reason yeah but they want to kill communication. Like it's, it's so bizarre. Wow. Interesting. Like there's, yeah. Um, I met, um, I met the, the doctor who, whose team, um, 
was responsible for proving the COVID-19 uh, vaccinations for the United States. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's best friends with Dr. Fauci. <laughs> Funny. Did you get into the, the whole politics behind all that? No, I, 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 I take more personal approach on things like that. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, my, yeah. My, my approach to that's that would have been policy. like, like, so have you, have you gotten a lot of hate? Like, you know, I've talked to, uh, I've, sp- I've spoken with a lot of, um, healthcare workers who have actually changed jobs because they experienced so much hate, you know, yeah. Yeah, during, during COVID. And that's, that would be my question is like, how's that been? Like, because I'm, um, I'm a science guy. I mean, I've been vaccinated, you know, I, I, I trust the system, you know, I, I don't have upside down Canadian flag on my car. You know, I, 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 <laughs> I, I believe in the system. I, I do. I truly do. But but yeah. there's so much shit slinging going on over that. I mean, it's at first it was just almost overwhelming. Right. Um, yeah. I'd be so curious to see what their experience was like going through that. That's interesting. They, so they actually were they Canadian? No, he's American. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. Till, till the next yeah. time, till the next pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I think we covered everything. How are you feeling? Yeah, really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. The conversation has gone just about how I figured it would. No, <laughs> I have that reputation. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> no, you have, you talk about vibe and I really believe that there's, uh, Brian Tracy's a motivational business speaker and he talks about the, different laws like the law of gravity right the law of gravity is there you know you know it's there because we feel it all the time we see it um, but there's other laws too uh, like the law of attraction and people talk about that a lot but there's there's one law that i always think is kind of interesting it's the law of synchronicity mm. and oh sorry the law of sympathetic resonance oh interesting sympathetic resonance and it's all about vibration. And he gives an example of uh, in a room, if there's two pianos and he hits C sharp on one piano, the C sharp chord on the other piano is going to vibrate, but it vibrates in phase with the piano that it originated from. And he said, that's the law of sympathetic resonance. And it applies to people as well. And he said, have you ever met someone where you just click and it's like you've known each other forever. You, you just you get along, and it doesn't matter how much time passes. When you see them again, it's exactly the same. That's someone who you're in phase with. But then we've also met people where it's like, eh, this is never going to work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? You can just feel a different vibe from someone, yeah. and it's just not the same. It's not complimentary. Um, so anyway, I figured after listening to a couple of your your podcasts that you and I are probably in pretty good phase with I, each other. I feel like we're in a great phase, Jonathan. I'm really yeah. glad we connected tonight. Yeah, me too. And I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing. You're going to have a great time on the divide. You really will. I think you're, it sounds like you're physically and mentally uh, 100% totally capable of, of pulling it off. And I'm sure I'm putting it out to the universe that you're going to raise over a million dollars. We have to, yeah, have, that'd be awesome. We have to make that happen somehow. Yeah. yeah, spread, spread. Well, yeah, donate and share, donate and share. All right, share, share, share. All right. So yeah, man, uh, that's all I got. I, I, thanks, and again, I wanted to say thanks for your vulnerability and uh, and sharing stuff with me. It's I appreciate that a lot. 
Yeah. No, thank you. I appreciate it as well. Right on. Well, next time I'm out there, let's, um, we will try to ride together. I'm going to start yeah. just by default. I'm just going to keep throwing the fat bike in the, in the car, in the van when I come out. Cause often I, I left it this last time I went and I was like, um, Katrina actually called me. She's like, let's go for a ride. I'm going to Egypt next week. Let's go riding. It's like, oh, fuck, I don't have my bike. It's like, oh, damn it. <laughs> now so you got to bring it. Never going to leave home without it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a couple of uh, fundraising events still to go. Okay. Uh, three of them, actually. What, are, are they scheduled? You know about those? No, I don't. They yeah. are scheduled. Oh, talk about them then, please. Yeah. So I have, um, so a friend of mine is the new owner at the IGA in Banff. And I asked if I could put a poster up. And he goes, you know what? You should really take some area in front of the store and set up a table and and, and spin and try and raise some money. Ah. Oh, that's a great idea. So I talked to um, Paul at Outside Bikes, told him about it. He thinks it's a great idea. Talked to Rocky Mount Adaptive. They like the idea. And so we did our first week already at the IGA in Banff, and we raised, um, oh, gosh, how much was it? about seven hundred and eighty dollars nice which was pretty awesome oh. oh can you hear me i can now so you raised seven hundred and eighty dollars yeah and so we have three more events coming up it's the first weekend of the, each of the next three months okay. so on march 4th i'll be at outside bikes in canmore from 10 till 2 spinning and I have a bunch of friends, I have a, a friend who and some other people who want to come and just get their wind trainers and, and spin with me. And I think Outside Bike's going to have a barbecue. We're going to have a sit ski and a, a bowhead mountain bike out there. And yeah, just trying to raise some more money. And then the next one's back at IGA on April 1st. Same thing, 10 till 2. And then the last one's back at outside bikes on um, May 6th, 10, 10 till 2. May 6th. Yeah. I'm just writing it down. Yeah. I got to I gotta hit one of those at least. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, you have to look at the calendar. I got to try to make one of those for sure. Um, mm -hmm. Cool. So, yeah, people should show up and give Jonathan That's some money. A buck or 10. <laughs> yeah. I have a friend who, um, his wife passed away. Uh, we're, we're, we're good friends for a long time. Um, he donated a thousand dollars. That's great. So, yeah. It was, uh, really meant a lot to me. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, he was one to share so much for, um, Rocky Mountain Adaptive. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. It's a great cause and, uh, it's, it's going to be a life changing journey on a lot of different levels, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. For sure. All right, right man. my friend. Yeah, well, it was great to talk to you, like I say again, and thanks for everything. Thanks for your vulnerability and your patience putting up with me. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have stuff going on, and <laughs> and I, I figure we'll connect whenever we do, yeah. and it'll be all good. Yeah, well, I'm glad we did. And I'm going to get yeah, this one too. out super soon. So uh, maybe uh, just send me some photos. Send me a couple photos and... So I've got some, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can get some cover art going for the podcast, but I'll hopefully have this out in, in a day or two, I hope. Yeah, I'll send you a photo, and if you can put the, the GoFundMe link in the Burbage, too. I will. Um, that'd be awesome. Yeah, add it in that email, and I'll add it in there. I'll put it in the show notes as well. Yeah, will do. Right on. That's okay, awesome. Man. Right on. Thanks, Jonathan. Have a great night. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, you I, have, I have your number, 
So uh, I'll text you when I'm in town and we'll go for a ride or something. Yeah, it sounds Just, good. Yeah, don't don't wait for me, man. You're going to have to wait for me. <laughs> it's all good. All good. All right, dude. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Good night. Okay. See you, Steve. Yep, bye. I want to thank Jonathan again for his time and thank all of you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Um, really appreciate Jonathan and I really appreciate what he's doing um, to think. Uh, it's funny how these things happen in your life, like him breaking his leg and how that could just change the direction is change your mindset, change the direction um, and, you know, inspire you to do something to give back, to give back in the world. So I, I really appreciate Jonathan. I appreciate what he's doing for Rocky Mountain Adaptive. And don't forget to head on over to GoFundMe, search for RMA Adaptive. I'm going to put the link to that page in the show notes, so check it out. And uh, just donate a buck, you know, not much to ask, not even the price of a cup of coffee. If we can get a whole bunch of people to do that, then I think we're going to make a huge difference. And while I'm speaking of that, share that link with your friends. Just just bring up some really close friends of yours and just send that link to them. Just say, hey, just donate a buck. Uh, that's all you need to donate is a dollar. And if we can just keep spreading it, what do they call that? Like almost like a, a chain mail, <laughs> just keep sending it around and then ask your friends to please send that around. Um, you know, a million people sounds like a lot, but it's really not. It's not a lot of people. And if uh, whatever, I have a few dozen listeners. If, if those, if, if you, send it to you to your friends and they send it to their friends and they send it to their friends we can really spread the word and make a huge difference with rocky mountain adaptive so please do that and i appreciate you if you want to reach out to me you can myback 40 podcast at gmail.com you can send me voice intros feedback guest suggestions i'd love to hear from you and don't forget i've got a lot of things in uh in play right now i'm hoping to bring you um, some really exciting podcasts that are going to be exclusive to subscribers. Um, and if you find value already in what I'm doing, you're going to find more value in what I'm up to in the future. So again, if you find value, please support me. You can reach out uh, either via myback40podcast at gmail.com to, to learn more. You can head to myback40.org slash support to learn more. You can head on to patreon.com, myback40, and you can become a Patreon just donating a couple bucks a month to me and it's going to help me grow this podcast and reach more people to inspire and hopefully enlighten them a little bit you know and and the whole podcast thing it's it's not like uh, you know I learned too it's 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 just been a great learning experience for me and it's been a huge part of my personal growth and I really want to share it all with you so appreciate you listening I uh, hope to see you next week. I will. I have another podcast that I'm editing currently, and I'm going to get that out really soon. And I'm also going to start making these podcasts available to Patreons for early access. So if, you f if you're inclined, head on over to patreon.com slash myback40. All right, everyone, get out there, ride bikes, sleep in the woods, and keep the rubber side down. <laughs>